Who is God? That's the question we'll be answering today. Hi, I'm Dylan. And this is Gospel Soup. For me, when I'm asked the question, who is God? I always stumble on that question because it's just like, how do you explain who God is, you know? And the Bible just gives us dozens and dozens of different definitions. So, someone asks you who God is, just turn right to the Bible and be like, hey, read this verse or these set of verses. So, just looking at Exodus chapter 34, verses 5 through 7, it says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellions. If he does not leave the guilty unpunched, he punishes the children and their children's children for their sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. I'm punishing your children's 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 children for a sin that you have made. But he doesn't do that anymore, so aside from that last sentence in verse 7, that is the perfect definition, I think, of who God is. Or you can, you can always turn to the New Testament and look at Isaiah 61. Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the broken heart, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prison. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve and die. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of the splendor. That is probably one of my favorite verses, verses in the Bible. Because it's just like so deep, it really gets into it. Like it, it breaks it down, who God is. And looking at the New Testament, that's probably the best definition in the New Testament. And there's other definitions you can always turn to Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. But if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or there's even a definition in Revelation. Look at Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. And I heard a loud, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be them, will be with them and be their God. So yeah, the first real definition starts with Exodus and the last definition would be in Revelation. It's always a tough question to answer when you ask, who is God? But I think a really good definition that you can always go straight to if your friends ask you who is God is you can tell them 
God is like a GPS. You know, you put in your destination, and it tells you where to go. It gives you a route to your destination, you know, 10 blocks and take a left. But if you were to say, go 10 blocks and take a right, well, the GPS isn't just going to leave you. It's going to recalculate a new route to your destination based on where you're at. And the thing is, people make so many wrong turns that it it just takes a long time for us to get to a destination. Quoting the great comedian Michael Jr. with that quote. So if that wasn't me, I didn't make that up. Wish I did, because that is a really good definition. You're beautiful. And it really, it really does explain, like, God's always there for you. He's always trying to help you. And he's never going to leave your side. Even if you leave his side, he's still right by you. He's still right by you, waiting for you with open arms. You come, you want to seek God, God will be there to be seeked. when you're with God, no matter what you're going through, the darkest of darkest days, He's there for you. Because He He created the universe. So, I mean, realistically, you want to talk about having dark days. I'm sure God's had some pretty unimaginably dark days. Um, and He's always there for you because He loves you. He loves me. He loves everyone. You know, just think of your three best friends. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up here, but think of, like, your closest friend. Maybe they're not close to God. sure is close to God. No matter who you are, what you've been through, God loves The thing we forget, that's the thing we forget, is that he's always there. We don't reach out in times of need. We have a problem with just getting on our knees and praying to God. And just saying, God, help me. People have a hard time with that because they're not sure if God's going to answer. But I'll tell you what, he is. And if you reach out to him, he'll he'll be glad to help you. He wants to help you. That's what God wants, is to help people. If you're going through something, turn to God. He's he's like, yo, hey, I'll help you out here, you know? And we don't see that. People miss that. That God is great. God is greater than anything. God will be there for you even when your bestest friends aren't. You never need your son. You are his creation. And he's never going to leave you. You You can make the worst mistakes you've ever made and think you can't be forgiven. Let me tell you something. If you're worrying 
about not being able to be forgiven, you can be forgiven. If you're worried about that you committed the unforgivable sin, you have to. Because when you commit the unforgivable sin, you don't care about being forgiven. You don't want to be forgiven. You don't feel like you have to be forgiven. You don't. You're not sorry. You don't feel like there's a reason for you to be sorry, because it just means completely denying God completely. And if you deny God completely, and Judgment Day comes and He says, "Hey, what gives?" You know, He's not gonna let you into heaven because He was always there for you, but you didn't care. You didn't care enough to see that. And frankly, he's not going to want you in his kingdom. And, um, I'm going to kind of leave it at that. I'm going to leave on that question that I'll just, that we'll be discussing next week. How do you get into heaven? Because that question stumbles everybody. And, Frankly, there's not really an answer. Because if you think about it, it's just... You could be the most devoted person in the entire world to God. But what if it's not enough, you know? And frankly, it could be. You could go before God and God says... Yeah... You loved me as much as I loved you, but you can't come in. Like, you know what I mean? And there's no really way of knowing how to get into heaven. Unless we were to ask God directly. Anyway, I'm just going to leave it there. Leave it for next week's discussion. And if you have any questions about anything that you want to ask, email me at gospelsoup at gmail.com. I really want to hear from you. I want to hear what you're thinking. Um, so leave your comments about this episode or, you know, any suggestions for future episodes. I'm Dylan, and as always, thanks for watching. I mean, listen, you didn't watch this. You listen. Thanks for listening.